Hello Panthers fans, welcome to the next episode of Claude Weekly. I'm your host Malcolm Fletcher along with Ben Waterworth. Benny, how you doing? I am I'm doing very well, Sticky. I'm very, very excited for this week. It's great to be back for another week and uh, I, I feel I say this every week, but this might be our biggest episode yet. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling about this week, but I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yep, it's a pretty exciting episode. We got our head coach and director of player operations, uh, Brad Tippett. Brad, how you doing today? Good, Sticky. Really glad to be here. I'm, I'm really glad to hear. Uh, we got a pretty exciting one for you, Benny. Take her away. Eh? I uh, I'm very intrigued to learn a lot more about you today, uh, Brad, and for our listeners to learn a lot uh, because I believe you're entering fifth season now with the Panthers. So, bit of a bit of a member of the family now here. Uh, I would love to learn though a little bit about you. For those who may be listening to this, don't know a lot about where you came from and sort of how you ended up at the Panthers. Give us a bit of a rundown. How how did you end up here and where did you come from? Well, first I'll tell you how long I've been here. When I first came here, Sticky was four foot ten. <laughs> now he's about six two. <laughs> he's getting taller too. I think every day. I think he grows every single week. I show up here. I came out here about four, a little over four years ago. To um, to uh, my mom lives out here, and uh, uh, was kicking around for the month of July, and uh, I had a uh, chance to bump into Pete, and we were going to have a coffee, and. A coffee led to a three and a half hour conversation, and uh, then uh, a couple weeks later, I was going to come back and help out, and then uh, the role just continued to expand, and uh, and now I do feel like part of the family. That's what we like to hear. And and your your background before that, so obviously a extensive playing career and uh, some coaching and everything along those lines too. What were some of the highlights, I guess, of uh, your, your playing career transitioning into coaching? Well, the guy that was the head coach when I played juniors was been a mentor for me for a lot of different things, and uh, we were very fortunate in Prince Albert. Uh, there was the the junior A level, and we won the national championship a couple times, and uh, were runner up once, and that led to a scholarship to Michigan and uh, four years there, and with a business degree with a major in accounting and finance, and. I was fortunate enough to sign with the Jets and uh, played a, played a couple of years in the minors uh, in the American League, and uh, was the captain and kind of uh, assistant coach playing assistant coach my last year, and um, uh, and then uh, went back and worked for the Prince Albert Raiders in the Western Hockey League for uh, four years, coached the farm team there, and uh, ran the business operations for the Western Hockey League team, and gradually became the general manager there and um then i went on to uh to regina to the regina pats and uh was the head coach and director of hockey operations for four years there um sort of left that world decided to go back into the finance world again and spent 20 years as a portfolio manager and and then um just sort of uh things wound down and i was coaching my both my sons jason barrett and um uh, uh thing i just sort of went into sort of a semi-retirement and came out here and got unretired and now and now here you are talking to a a podcast uh hockey in the background uh a super tall guy and some australian guy but you never thought you'd be doing this probably uh at all right (laughs) no i probably didn't if you (laughs) asked me this four years ago that's for sure (laughs) wasn't quite in the contract (laughs) yeah brad so you're saying you know you spent uh you got you're lucky enough to play junior and college hockey and then pro and um in college you obviously played four years. You were the captain of the team in your senior year. Um, tell me what are some of your best memories from Michigan specifically? 
Uh, there was a few. We uh, we came from a 10th place team the year before, and we we swept the Minnesota Gophers uh, three three or four weeks into the season, my freshman year, and that was a that was a big highlight and uh, sort of put the the college hockey uh, world on its uh, on its uh, uh, spun them around a little bit. Uh, and um, there were some good things we. Uh, uh, had a chance for that at that time to play in front of the largest crowd to ever see uh, an indoor hockey game in uh, in the world. Actually, at that time, when we opened Joe Louis Arena, and there was well, the fire marshal said twenty one thousand, but I wow. know it was a lot closer to about twenty three. There was there were no aisles, and both school bands were in there, and uh, the game went to triple overtime, and uh, we ended up losing five four. We were down three nothing going into the third period, and. Uh, and hung in there and we played with about two and a half lines and uh i was didn't have a lot of energy when that game was done and uh there was four good years um uh the there was a change in the coaching about halfway through and and this was just following uh, miracle on ice and the the gentleman that came in he he uh he wanted to, to turn it into an all-american school and at that time the recruiting wasn't very good the program went down and and uh, then since then, Red Berenson took over, and it's taken right back again. But um, for me, I got lots of ice time and uh, turned into a scholarship and or to a pro contract, and and I got a fantastic degree. The business school at Michigan was just outstanding, and uh, uh, that's something uh, you just you just can't put a price on uh, how valuable that's been to me. And what was the experience like with the Jets, kind of playing, uh, you know, within that organization and, and in the AHL? sort of in that period well uh actually the guy that's coaching dallas right now rick rick bonus he was the my first coach he was a player coach uh and uh so bones is a good guy and uh it was different i i, I you know coming from prince albert it was very utopian we we were we knew we were gonna win and got to the end and won the national championships and you kind of leave there thinking that this is going to happen every year and then uh, the years in uh, the first year in Quebec was uh, the farm team was in Sherbrooke Quebec and it wasn't a great situation and I ended up seeing the the other side of of hockey so but there was some things that happened there along the way and and uh, that's where I really began to realize that maybe the future my future in the game was in the coaching side of it so uh it's different um uh it's different when you play for a living the mentality is different uh uh you have a lot more respect for other people's uh, body you're you you're taught very early that that uh, that's how you make your living and uh you know keep your stick down there, there was no masks and things like that and um so it it, it 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 was a very different way of life and uh the one thing for me coming from college where uh, i would go to school eight o'clock in the morning till one thirty in the afternoon and then go to practice and then study and do that over and over again for four years and and then you go to the professional and um you go to practice at nine in the morning and it's done at ten thirty because you're not allowed to practice for more than an hour and a half and you're home at noon and you're in quebec where there at that time there wasn't a lot of english and you're going from warp speed to absolutely snail speed and that was a bit of an adjustment all the all the uh, spare time on your hands and um uh and then uh when we the, far, the the team moved into the states for my last year and that was a little bit better but uh it was an adjustment and, and actually to tell you the truth uh, i know when i scored my last goal I, I knew it inside 
And uh, I knew at that point I was going to turn my focus to coaching. Where does that mentality then switch from player to coach? And then when you start that coaching, do you all of a sudden realize as a player how you, I guess, treated or listened to a coach is always going to be a certain way? And as a coach, because you've got to, I guess, as a mindset, you've got to switch over from going out on the ice and playing to then teaching the same people who maybe you were playing with recently at the same time. Yeah, that was the, that was the one of the things uh, that the coach had. Uh, the coach in the American League before before Bone stepped in, uh, he actually stepped in, took over for a coach who uh, had uh, had a terminal illness, and so that was part of the the situation there. And then um, uh, Rick decided to retire. He went up to the Jets, and uh, the team was in a bit of limbo. And I was actually a rookie that year, and and started helping out running practice in December, and. Um, so that was kind of an in and you know that's got me into it a little bit. I was also with that junior coach and stuff. I was a, uh, we ran a hockey school in in Prince Albert for many many years. In fact, it's still going. And uh, that's when I really learned to sort of teach the game and not just the skills, teach the game. So I had a bit of background in that going in, and and uh, um, you know I, I I actually began to feel as my career began wounding down i was 25 when i retired and mario lemieux was 18 he won the rookie of the year so i kind of thought the end of my playing career was 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 getting close (laughs) so uh uh but the transition was an easy transition because i had so much respect for that uh for terry simpson who was my my coach at the time and and i learned so much from him uh, that it was something I, I, I think that that's really, if I had to be really honest with myself, I wanted to coach more than I wanted to play. Uh, so you talk about uh, player coach and kind of how you got that role. Does your mentality kind of switch almost instantly in practice when now you're kind of going to these guys teammates to kind of helping out coaching running it or does it just stay the same well i was i was a rookie so you, you really didn't really but i was a 23 year old rookie because i was coming from college so it, it you know you were kind of the same and it really wasn't like i was uh, needed to be a disciplinarian we all just kind of put our ideas together and i kind of sorted them out and that was how practice was and uh um, my last year, there were some older guys, and everybody was knew what their role was, and it, it was actually pretty easy, and uh, probably probably easier than coaching a junior team or a midget team. So, um, no, it was okay. Uh, I mean, you go back; it's funny because uh, there was a couple other player coaches in the league at the same time in when when Bones was coaching us, and uh, Stevie Carlson was one of them. And and for older people in the hockey world. Stevie was one of the Hanson brothers, so <laughs> they were they were actually playing playing in the league. So that tells you how really how old I am. Oh wow! So uh, I guess talking about how old you are and uh, that rookie season, do you still remember uh, that first game you had? In what? In, in, in pro, your first pro yeah, game. Yeah, uh, first game. I got off the plane in Rochester. We were playing the Rochester Americans, and uh, uh, they were on uh, some long win streak, and they were going to set a record for. Uh, for most wins or something and uh the our the the sherbrooke jets we they were didn't have a good record and but i got off the plane went to the hotel and 
uh, met Rick in the lobby, and then one of the players came by. I won't mention his name, and uh, he said, uh, "You the new guy?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Get ready. It's going to be a war tonight." And that was my first game, and uh, my first shift, I, la- I lined up against the guy by the name of Val James, who was who was uh, he? You know, he he had a very big reputation as a major league tough guy, and. That was uh, I got that first shift over with. I was awful glad when I went to the bench. <laughs> How many games did it take you to score your first goal that first year? Uh, I went up at the end of the this was the college season had finished, and I went up and uh, I guess it was probably about three. Uh, I ended up um, third or fourth game. Uh, we were playing Hershey, and that was Boston's team, and. Uh, I uh, ended up with a goal and two assists and four stitches. <laughs> That's what I remember. Wow! And uh, so that was uh, that was my first game. I still got the puck and the plaque, actually. Fantastic, fantastic. What was the the coaching scene like in terms of ages? You sound very young to start sort of coaching at that point. Was there a lot of sort of people around your age coaching, or was it still very much an old older man's? Oh, uh, it was pretty much an older guy. My first year as a head coach in the Western Hockey League, I was only twenty nine. Wow. So uh, yeah, there and there wasn't many many young guys, and uh, so a pretty wide range. You know, Kenny Hodge was probably sixty, and I was twenty nine. So it was, uh, but it's it's funny. The game's the game, and, and everybody uh, everybody is good. They respect one another, and uh, so um, you know it was. Uh, you know, we all steal ideas from each other, and you know you get a an older guy calling you about something or an opinion on something that, you know, makes you feel okay. And then uh, it opens the door for, for you to have confidence to ask an older guy about something. You know, we all still, we all still drill drills from each other, coaches and practices and things like that. And so, um, uh, you're always, you're always looking for new ideas and it doesn't matter what, uh, what the birth date on your driver's license is. Through all that career, obviously you're here now at the Panthers, as as we know. That's why we're talking to you today, Brad. D- did you know much about the VIJHL before you came here? Did you know much about the Panthers before you had that first meeting with Pete? Zero. Wow. I rode by on the bus on Route 72 here and saw the Panthers sign on the rink, and uh, I just looked them up on the internet and um, and uh, saw a little bit about the organization, and they were having a camp in the summer and. Uh, then Pete called and we had coffee and he said, "Oh, by the way, we don't have a coach." <laughs> <laughs> so ulterior motive there so, for that coffee. <laughs> and 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 the Junior B and BC is so unique compared to anywhere else in the country. And uh, in, in everywhere else in the country, it's players that are exiting the game or leaving the game, and and they're all. 18 19 year old players who've sort of washed out of any anywhere else and yet here it's it's all a development league and the my, my son came out and he's helped with a couple of camps out here and he he just can't believe the skill level and, and the talent level so to me it uh that's what really intrigued me how good the league was and um uh you know, and 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 the league's got better, even better since I, I I've been here. Not that I did, but you can see that the the the, the bottom players in the league uh, at when I four years ago couldn't even play right now, and and uh, uh, like you know our our tenth player 
four years ago might be might be our 18th or 19th player right now. Wow, wow, and I mean that must feel good then as a, as a coach to feel like you're actually contributing to these guys' lives and that they can potentially go on to other things rather than as you said the opposite where maybe they're just kind of winding up things and they're not going to be going on to yeah. better things. Well, we're proud of, of, of the way guys have moved on. Um, not only at the rink, you know, we've we've had uh, a guy that's been a uh, is now an airline pilot, and a uh, number of people that are pursuing a career in the uh, uh, police department. A lot of business guys. Um, uh, Riley Braun's going to be a dentist. I'm pretty sure of that. And uh, you know, so we've got a uh, the, the the group of players we have is a well-rounded group of players and and because they're good at a lot of other things that's the reason that they're coachable and that's what it makes my job so rewarding here yeah and speaking about this year's team now i'm sure everyone wants to hear a little bit about uh our lineup and kind of what our roster situation is right now um just kind of how many players were taking that sort of thing well obviously the rules are are unique this year with the covid and uh so we're at about 25 right now, and, and we might even be at 26. We'll know a little bit more maybe later tonight or tomorrow. Um, uh, we, you know, obviously we had some graduation, and uh, you know, Connor McKellop's hard to replace. You know, 26 wins in the league, but not only that, I, I mean, his composure back there gave everybody confidence and, and settled down. And then the three big defensemen, uh, the three big 20-year-olds. But... You know, on the back, we're going to be young. But Jensen and Seal are, are both 18 years old going on 25. And uh, uh, and the young guys we got are the, on, on the back are the most skilled that, group that we've had. We've got a couple guys that I think were probably ahead of Shota Yamamoto as a 16-year-old, and we know how good he was. Yeah. Um, so... I, I, I'm going to look at our defense as a as a work in progress. Uh, I I'd love to. One of the things I do is take a video at the start and then a video at the end. And but for here with these guys, we'll you know we'll have a look at them at now and then at Christmas and see how far they've come. I like what they're gonna they they brought um, up front. We'll obviously we've got um, the big three and then uh, uh, Wart Lingard and Bronner's arguably the best line in the league and. I would say that other coaches might not, but I'll certainly I'll say that. And uh, and Spears and Maloney would be a first line pair on any other team in the league, I mm-hmm. think, or most teams anyway. So we've got five guys that are really really good. Uh, Thompson Fittis is going to jump into that second line, and he's going to fit in there well. And the young guys we brought in, Sterling Lyon is another veteran who's is has got a unique situation, and we've got a line with him right now with Cox and Ewer that seems to be working. And so the young guys all bring something different up front. We've got some scorers. We've got some checkers. We've got speed. We've got a little bit of grit. So the balance of what we have there is, is really, really good. Um, and in goal, um, you know, the, the Johnson kid sort of has come along. He sort of earned the job uh, as, uh, as one of the goalies. Braden Evans came in from Edmonton. He was moving to Victoria. So that was very uh, an easy one for us. And then uh, the other day we just acquired Connor Svensson from uh, from Saanich. And, you know, it's not normal to have three goalies, but with the, the rules this year, you can't have any affiliate players. So if you have a goaltender go down, you might be in some trouble. 
Uh, I even sent an email around all our skater players to see if any of them had ever played goal before. <laughs> and the, the only replies I got was from Wharton Braun, and that might have been the dumbest coaching decision in the world to make <laughs> Wharton Braun turn into the, the backup goalie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a unique situation, as we know, this year with, with COVID and everything. I mean, has has it been a ch- most challenging off-season you've had as, as a coach in the, in the lead-up, and particularly with the, the unknown or whether or not the season was even going to go ahead? That's a key word, the unknown, because the, the uncertainty has been the most frustrating thing and the in- different interpretations and the pace of the change of the rules. And, and we're in unprecedented territory. We've never been here before, and... Um, uh, so about three weeks ago or so, I just kind of threw my hands up in the air and said, okay, whatever happens, whatever card we're dealt, that's what we're going to, we're going to deal with. And, uh, instead of trying to force the issue, let's just make the best of the rules we have, because that's what's here. And bottom line, it's player safety first. And no matter what happens, anything else, any inconvenience isn't that big of an inconvenience. It's got to be the player safety first. And with the hub sort of model kind of, you know, obviously being with Victoria kind of for the first few weeks and sort of split off into these little areas, I mean, what's your take on that and what's your take on having the Cougars first up as kind of the team, at, first of all? Well, we didn't really think too much about it and and um, uh, about who the opponent might be. You know, we'd heard it was going to be Kerry Park. We'd heard it. It, we, the only thing we the only thing we knew is it wasn't going to be Saanich because of the scheduling dates. So uh, for Victoria, it's it's great. You know the the rivalry is very heated. There's going to be no motivation required in either dressing room. You know I know Brody's crew is is going to be ready and 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 they'll play hard and our guys will be ready and they'll play hard. So we're gonna you know. <laughs> When you go through training camp, I, I've been through this before, and you have an exhibition game, and one team dresses a lineup that's a lot better than the other one, and you win 11 nothing. To me, it's a wasted evening because you didn't learn anything. You didn't learn anything about your team. And you probably learn more about your team when you lose 11 nothing. So for us to play the Cougars in the first 10, I know Brody's going to be happy. He's going to learn a lot about his team, and we're going to learn a lot about our team. So let's get it out of the way early, and uh, we'll find out where things are. And uh, But we're going to know a lot more about our team. On that note, uh, Sticky, I think this is a part of the show where I uh, potentially have to hand our little uh, piece of paper here to the coach. You want to introduce this segment, I think, Sticky, because I, I believe this is a bit of fun when you do it. Uh, yes, it is. It's that time of the show where we give you your Cougars Joke of the Week brought to you by Brad Tippett. Oh, this will be fun. Actually, not. I I, uh, I try to carry myself a little <laughs> higher than this. But so, yeah. oh, 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 I'll just tell Brody out there that we're doing this with a gun to my head. Uh, so why are the Cougars like grizzly bears? Every fall, they go into hibernation. Ooh, all right. And uh, it's also this time of the show where uh, we will ask Brad a couple questions about your owner, uh, Pete Zabersky. Now, Brad, I uh, I always like to talk about our man Pete. Uh, he's Lord and Excellency, the Lord and Master of the Panthers. Now, um, we got some very interesting facts about Pete. I would like, again, always for you to confirm if these are true. Um, is it true that uh, Pete Zabersky counted to infinity twice? 
I don't know. You don't know. Well, see, look, this is it's, it seems to be a 50 50 each week, Siggy. Uh, uh, although, if he did, I'm sure it was out loud. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, is it true that Pete Zabersky tells Simon what to do? It's it's never Simon says, it's Pete Zabersky says, potentially. Well, I, I think that some of the experienced governors, if there's a, a wise president in the league, would lean on the experienced governors and there's probably nobody been in the league longer than Pete. So, uh, if I was Simon, I would probably be, uh, taking some, uh, some advice from Pete. I would agree with that. And the final one I've got uh, here, I'll add one more thing. The one thing that I can, that I will say about Pete is he always has the league's best interest at heart. You know, he owns the Panthers and, and that's great and all for our team, but he, he always, he always steps back and understands that without a league, we have nowhere to play. And, and that so he, he really makes sure that the league's interests are looked after. Which that, that, that makes this last one make me feel even better because uh, when a zombie apocalypse starts, Pete Zabersky doesn't try to survive, the zombies do. So, you know, that, that based on just what you said there. These are, uh, Sticky, remind me to find some better ones in the next couple of weeks because I feel like it's a bit hit or miss. Just, just quickly, Brad, uh, going back to what you're talking about, the, the culture, uh, kind of, you know, setting the, the players in good stead for future careers outside of, of hockey. Based on your time at college, do you take kind of experience from college when you, you're studying and playing at the same time to instill that? Because I guess it's a different mentality up here, I can imagine, to college and kids that can be a little bit younger. I mean, do you find that? very important obviously to keep that sense of education first hockey second with these guys um they they take they take it pretty seriously on both and that's uh um you know that that's one of the the characteristics of the players that we have on our team that is that that makes my job so enjoyable is that we've got great kids who are also great hockey players and and they also want to get better in school they're all overachievers and and so uh, you know, like we 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 had a, we had a guy that had a ninety six average last year and didn't win the Scholastic Player of the Year. Wow! Like you know, that's that tells you something about the type of kids we've got here. So um, it, it's it's funny. You look back on the bus and there's there's kids got the laptops open and they're studying and and um, so uh, you know I. <laughs> When you go, when you're going to college, it's it, it's a little, and you're a student athlete in college, you basically you it's it's almost twenty four seven. You know, it's study, practice, games, study, go go to class, eat or sleep, and that's it. And it goes. You usually get Sunday off with the Friday Saturday games in college, but uh, for the most part, sometimes you're just catching up on on stuff. It's a kind of a quiet day, but. Um, you leave there and 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 you've you've you you you're forced to instill a bit of a work ethic um you know we talk about the uh uh millennials and you know the different type of kids and of course you know each no matter how old we are we all we all went to school you know you know drawn in a horse a horse sled and 40 below and <laughs> it was uphill both ways standard and, canadian and, school trips, and yeah. yeah you know and and uh, and they've all got it so good but you know it's it's all relative and you know the world has progressed and uh you know but you know there's nothing solves uh, problems more than hard work 
I'm glad you can live these Canadian stereotypes up to to me, the knowing how you guys went to school and that. One thing actually I'd like to, to learn, because Sticky is very keen for me to get out in the ice this season and see if I can fall over less than he does all season. As a coach, any advice for a random Australian guy who's maybe skated about four times in his life on, on a piece of ice that's probably smaller than your bathtub? I mean, what when I get the skates on my feet, Brad, what should I be doing what what what's what do i have to think like don't don't think don't think you, you just, just do just go over and get one of those uh those teachers the little things you push around those little penguin yeah. things and yeah. stuff like that yeah. okay actually um my my oldest son uh chase he learned to skate pushing a baby stroller with rollerblades on okay and i i i started to analyze that and 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 looked at kids who were just starting skating and and kids that just started skating they put their feet straight in front of each other and when he put the rollerblades on and was forced to to push the the, his little brother in the baby carriage he was forced to turn his ankle out and push off so right off the bat he 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 had the stride part right down so his first day of skating lessons the the instructor went out there and asked them all to start on the red line and see she was going to evaluate how far they how where they were at so chase got on the red line boom right to the (laughs) other end nobody's past the blue line chase is going full tilt to the other end the problem with rollerblades is you have, you don't have no learn how to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He ran right into the other wall because <laughs> he was so revved up to show her what he could do, and he went right to the other end and ran right into the wall. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe I need to get sticky in a stroller or something on the ice, and I can push him around and kind of you know I don't know. Would would, would that work? Sticky? When was the last time you were in a stroller? I mean, it might make you not fall over. Uh, I'd rather not go in a stroller while you're pushing me around out there. I don't think it'd end well for either of us. We'll, we'll see. Anything that that maybe works, uh, Brad. I, I guess before we let you go, one story that I would love to quickly hear. I had a little birdie pass on a story for me to ask you about this week. I'm not going to tell you who it came from. Pete. But, uh, well, maybe. He, he, he might talk to me more. Um, your brother, Dave, he mentioned a story about his hand and his fingers and about how his hand was so deformed and munted through years of playing hockey that he had to get it put into a certain position. Now, can you back this story up a uh, little bit and tell he, me a little bit about it? He's actually just having, I think, another one. Right. Uh, he's got a couple fingers that have been busted up. And uh, I think what he... Uh, the the story goes that uh, the doctor told me he was going to fuse his fingers together, and he said so you've got to decide on on you know where what what position do you want it in. So he went back to the doctor with a golf club in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, uh, how is his golf game? Like while while we're on the topic, you know, would you how would you take him on in a game of golf or a game of hockey? What would you prefer? Well. I'd probably have a better chance in hockey, and that would be that would be about even. No, he's uh, I think he's a one or two handicap. So I I, I think that he, he he'll win out on the golf course. There you go, Sticky. How, how how's your golf game, Sticky? Just while we're on the topic, uh, my golf game is pretty good. You know, my dad took me out when I was a kid, so you know, I'm, your I'm dad's a pro. Good. Yeah, my dad he he did, he was a pro golfer, so it kind of just it's in my blood. Well, uh, I'm two things I'm learning on this show. I I'm not good at skating, and I should never skate against these guys. And I play golf against anyone uh, on this show or at this uh, club as well. Brad, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I'm going to hand this over to Sticky to wrap it up. But uh, from myself, it's it's a pleasure to chat. I I've met you a couple of times, of course, before we've done this interview. I'm really looking forward to to seeing the team, seeing you coaching in action and everything. It just randomly, because this is a this is a completely fresh set of eyes for me. I love watching any form of hockey. 
and the the coaches dress up in their suits. You know, they've got their ties. It's almost it's very professional. It's one of the few sports I feel that the coaches take as you. Is that what they do in the VIJH? Do you dress up in a suit yeah. and everything you do? Yeah. Well, we do that, and that that's that's kind of a funny story that. Uh, when I came, you know, and Pete was helping out on the bench the first year, and he says, well, do you want me to wear a tie? And I said, well, yeah, of course. So he wore a tie, and that was, I know he didn't like that. <laughs> but anyway, we happened to be in the Grizzlies office the first year, and uh, there were some old pictures from when he was the general manager of the Salsa, which is now the Grizzlies, and that was 15 years Fifteen years before this, and I looked at the picture and I said, "Pete, that's the same tie you've got on now." <laughs> He's probably still got it too. We get him to wear it to the first game or something along those lines. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I like the attire. I, I, I like chatting with you today, bro, mate. It's been a lot of fe- pleasure. I'm going to hand it to Sticky to wrap it up from myself. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun on uh, Claw Weekly today. Thanks a lot. Yeah, and actually, before we wrap up, I have one more question, and that is, um, you know, you've coached for three, four years now. I want to know what was your favorite memory, favorite moment from uh, the past three, four years? Whew, there's been a few. Uh, there's a few. I'll just, I wouldn't say one over the other. Um, Hunter Jensen's first goal in Campbell River and it that started a comeback last year. A uh, couple of the games against Campbell River that went, uh, you know, the the triple overtime game and, uh, and in game two, Lingard racing up the ice and scoring an overtime to give us the 2 nothing lead. Um uh, uh, I can remember the the first year where we were Victoria beat us handily every game, and they they didn't even they didn't even cheer when they scored, and and we got better and better, and, and winning the first game in their rink and seeing Shoda and Spink, they they thought it was Christmas Day. They just uh, and that from then on that was kind of a a foundation that we built off of from there. Uh, you know, there's there's been some funny moments, and and there's been. Uh, there's been some nights where you uh, you wonder what you're doing and you doubt yourself, but um, there's been some great moments with the kids and uh, uh, we've and, and you know a lot of the of the moments I think maybe come in practice and uh, when you're down close to the kids and somebody's got a, a smart remark or something funny happens and uh, you know we've had some fun we have the, uh, um, the karaoke on the bus and we had a couple guys who turned up to be absolutely fantastic singers <laughs> that was a funny moment on the bus yeah so uh uh there, there's been some really good times what what's your go-to karaoke song brad uh none oh really man yeah, yeah. singing and dancing uh, I, i'm a yeah, we'll, 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 we have something to say about that. We might have to get you mid-season to do a karaoke. But thanks again, Brad. It was lots of fun to have you on. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in again, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.